today. But um, it's almost Christmas Day. Who's excited about Christmas? Not even half the room. That's a little bit sad. Who's finished their Christmas shopping so far? Okay, there's a few of you. Now, let's be honest this morning. Who sneaky, like, forgot about someone and now needs to go to the shops tomorrow to pick up a gift? Anyone? Yeah, there's a couple. Now, what, what about this question? Who hasn't started their Christmas shopping yet? Oh, there's a few of you that makes me slightly frightened for you. The shops are crazy in Wollongong at the moment. Well, has anyone got anyone they're struggling? They've struggled to buy for this Christmas. Anyone? I, I thought this morning what I would do, it's going to come up on the screen, I think. I, I've got some gifts to help people some gifts that have kind of been going a bit crazy on the internet. They might prompt some of your thoughts with your giving. Let's have a look at them this morning. These are the first ones. So who's seen these on the internet? Yep. So the the advertisement is that you can get your face or your pets, which is a little bit creepy, on a pair of socks and give it to someone. Now, I considered doing this for all my family so they don't forget me, you know, all my family and friends get a bonus pair of socks, but they actually cost like $24.99 for one pair, and I thought, that's crazy. But um, they're pretty cool, right? So let's go to the next one. This is a screaming goat. Uh, it's a small statue of a goat, and you press it, and it makes a goat sound, like, uh. So I think <laughs> it's approximately right. Next one. A bubble wrap suit. Who doesn't want a bubble wrap suit? right? Like it's stress relief. You can roll around in it or pop it as you go. I'm pretty sure you need to wear clothes underneath it. Um, but that, they're available on Amazon for about $24.99. Next. <laughs> this is a sheep toilet holder. Um, someone who I was showing this during the week who was looking over my shoulder weirdly at my desk while I was doing my sermon slides, like, what is Sarah doing? Everyone's running around like crazy, and she's looking up pictures of sheep. But she said she would buy one for her house, right? That's pretty funny. All right, next one. Now, this is the weirdest thing that I have seen this Christmas. I saw these in real life at Miranda Fair. This is a chocolate cheese board. So it's cheese made out of chocolate. Like, do you want cheese or do you want chocolate for Christmas? Who knows? You can have both apparently. Like, so it's, it's chocolate-flavoured cheese. No, cheese-flavoured chocolate. I don't know. One of the other. Very weird. Sermon and Christmas shopping checked off your list this, this, this week, right? It's good. All your gifting problems solved. But I, um, I think giving and receiving gifts is pretty fun, right? And it's this um, great tradition that, that many of us participate in. It's one that began on the very first Christmas time. But, you know, it can be so easy for us to get caught up in the materialism, in the competition of giving, and um, sometimes it just becomes this thoughtless obligation. Our lives are just so full that sometimes the meaning behind giving at Christmas time, we just lose that because we don't have the space to make it happen. If you've been with us over the past couple of weeks, you'll know that we've been talking about what it means to unclutter this Christmas. We've been asking ourselves how we break free from the mess and from the chaos and focus really on what matters most. Our relationships with others, the way we serve others and point them to Jesus. And today we're looking at the right type of giving, the kind of giving that that pleases Jesus So we're going to take a look back to the very first Christmas givers that give us a great example of the kind of giving that really actually matters. 
Phil read from us just then from Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, where we see the wise men following this star that they think is going to lead them to the promised Messiah. I'm just going to read again from us from the message translation this time from verse 9. If you want to turn with me, Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star that had been seen in the eastern skies. It led them out until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. See, I think that this is such a simple part of the Christmas story, one that we often overlook, one that we tell a little bit inaccurately sometimes, but it has a lot to teach us about the essence of giving at Christmas time. See, the type of giving that truly matters is giving that comes out of the spirit of generosity. It's not about the amount, it's not about the gift itself, but it's making room to be generous at this time of year. And this is what these wise men showed us. If we look at the word generous, it means to be willing to give money, help or kindness, especially more than what is usual or what is expected more than what's usual or what's expected. It's not about the money or how much something is worth. It's about our willingness to give and to give beyond what is normal. See, I think that we follow a pretty generous God and we should follow that example. So I just want to talk about three things today, three ways that we can be generous, three gifts that we can give over the coming week and over the next season and hopefully into the next year as well. And so the first thing that I think that the wise men teach us to be generous with is with our time. So we give the gift of time. See, what we have to understand about these men, and there wasn't necessarily three of them, by the way. That's just something that we've made up because there was three gifts listed in the story. But these men, they would have been quite important. We don't know very much about them. We don't know their number, we don't know their names, their country, or really what happened to them after they saw Jesus. And our art and our literature and our traditions, they suggest all sorts of different possibilities. Because of the star that they're following, some people um, have suggested that they they were priests of the astronomical religion of Persia. Usually they're portrayed as kings and that could have been a result of um, their gifts that they brought and David's prophecy in Psalm 72 verses 10 to 11 which talks about these kings bowing down and presenting gifts. It's interesting for us, I guess, to think about the possibility and to paint that picture in our mind but the thing is we actually don't need to have all the information to understand the essence of why this part of the story is included in Matthew's Gospel. See, these men, whoever they were, they were important and they embarked on a long journey to find Jesus, the newborn king. So they saw this this symbol in the sky that led them to make the journey to this small village of Bethlehem, which was not a place that you would have expected a king to be born. And I know we love to imagine this manger scene with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and the shepherds and the wise men all gathered around. But actually, their journey probably would have taken months, even years. 
In verse 11 in our text, it says they entered into a house. So it's pretty likely that Mary and Joseph have upgraded between that time before the the wise men arrived. Once they saw the star that they believed to signify the birth of Jesus, they went and they saw Herod, and then Herod sent them on this journey. So I don't really think it matters if it's weeks or months or years by the time the wise men arrived. What we can agree is that they travelled for a long time to see Jesus. Either on foot or with animals, they certainly didn't just dock out in their nice air-conditioned car and pop down to the hospital to see baby Jesus. They were willing to make time to invest into Jesus. And you know, one of the best ways that you can show someone how you value them over this season is to give them your time. It's very easy for us to drop off a quick gift, but when you sacrifice quality time to invest in relationships, it demonstrates love. And you know, it's important for us to be intentional with our time at all times of year, but particularly at Christmas time. I want to encourage you to intentionally plan time, maybe to have lunch or coffee or to pick up the phone with someone, to connect with the important relationships in your life and be generous with your time. Sometimes the gift of our time is far more valuable than material things. And perhaps for some of us who feel like we just don't have any more time to give, we can work on being a little bit more intentional with the time that we do have. Maybe some of us need to put down our phones or our iPads and actually engage in what's going on in the moment. Maybe some of us need to close our computer or maybe some of us need to make room to do things like cooking or present wrapping with our kids or with our spouse, even though it would be much, much quicker to do it by ourselves. Maybe some of us need to slow down and not be in so much of a rush so that we don't miss opportunities to have a conversation with someone someone who just needs a chat, someone just needs to hear about Jesus this Christmas time. We need to ask ourselves, how can we give more time to people than what is usual or what is expected? How can we really be generous with our time in this Christmas season? Do you know what amazes me about these wise men? They didn't know the details of what they were going to find. They didn't have the complete picture yet of who Jesus was and what he was going to do. They didn't get to read the Bible in its complete form like we do. But still they believed he was valuable and worthy, so they made this long, hard journey to give him gifts. They made room and they gave that gift of time to Jesus. And I think we too should consider how we can give the gift of time in this Christmas season. But you know, along with their time, these wise men, they did bring along with them a bunch of gifts for Jesus. And that brings me to our second point this morning. When we give, we should give gifts that matter. We've all had bad gifts, right? Who's been on the receiving end of a a bit of a dud gift? You know, when someone didn't really think it through, when people didn't reflect on things that were important to us and, you know, you receive a gift like that where you open it up and in your mind you think, do you even know me? I've had a couple of those before, but anyway, then there's those gifts that are really meaningful, right? Gifts that reflect deep thought, that are intentional. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely love planning the perfect gift for someone. 
I love researching and, and finding something. I think it gives me just as much joy as I hope the person will get when they receive it in planning this perfect gift for someone. It's a good feeling when you think, you know what, that person is just absolutely going to love to open that on Christmas morning. Who reckons they've nailed some of their gift giving for Christmas time? Yeah, a few of you. I reckon I've done a pretty good job, if I do say so myself, so get excited, family. But you know, when someone takes the time to think it through, it shows something of how they value you, right? And the gifts that these wise men brought to Jesus, they were significant gifts. There's a whole bunch of different theories to go along with these gifts, but the general takeaway is that they demonstrated something of Jesus' worth. The wise men really didn't know the full extent of who Jesus was, but they were certain that he was the child, that he was the saviour that was promised. And there was weight to their giving because of what their gifts represented. See, gold, that was the gift that was generally given to kings. This is who they'd been searching for, this newborn king of the Jews. And this little baby was to be honoured as royalty, no matter what the circumstances of his birth represented. Frankincense was rare. And it was used in worship. And this gift is said to be an acknowledgement of Jesus' priesthood, setting him apart from a typical king. See, frankincense, it was used in the temple, in routines. It was burned ceremonially by the priests. And it wasn't native to that region either. So obtaining frankincense was actually quite costly. And then finally, myrrh, it was used ceremonially ceremonially to anoint wealthy people. And also sometimes it was used for medicinal purposes, but either way, it carried with it a symbol of power or royalty. See, these gifts show us how much Jesus was worth. When we give gifts that matter, they reveal to the other person how we value them. It's about connecting with the person on a deeper level, about generosity which goes above and beyond what is expected in value, in kindness, in love. See, when I was about 10 years old, I received a gift like that. I've got it here with me this morning. I'll see if I can grab it. It's been up here all Christmas. But I got this gift when I was about 10 years old, right? I love the ocean. I love the beach. And when I was about 10 years old, I really wanted to learn how to surf. But you know, surfboards are pretty expensive, right? And as most parents would know, like, do you really want to invest into something like that before your kid even knows if they like it, right? So my dad, he knew this about me. He knew that I wanted to learn how to surf. So my dad did a bit of secondhand hunting for me. And he found this board. And, you know, he spent hours in the, in the days before Christmas out in our garage and he would, he would pour hot water over it and scrape the old wax off. He spent hours and hours working on this gift for me until this board basically looked brand new. And on Christmas Day, I was so excited that this gift was underneath my tree. It was exactly what I wanted, right? And maybe even more so because of the fact that he had spent time working on this gift I maybe appreciated it more than if he'd just gone out to a surf shop and bought me a new board. He'd spent time cleaning it up, making it look perfect. There's something special, isn't there, in a gift like this, where someone's invested their time in it, they know exactly what you want, they go beyond what's expected when someone's found something that's really you, because it shows how they value you, 
how they want you to ultimately feel joy as a result of this giving process. It doesn't have to be expensive, it doesn't even have to be new, but it's about the value that it carries, the significance it holds between the giver and the receiver. But the thing is, with gifts, physical things like this is, sometimes they kind of fade away a little bit, don't they? The thing is, with, um, with physical gifts, they don't always last. Even when we've put in so much effort, the presents break or we lose them or we move on from them. It might come as no surprise to anyone here that I didn't become a pro surfer. I know. I didn't become any class of surfer, actually. I was bad at it. Didn't have the patience to wait it out and to grow and to get better. And you know, for the last 10 to 15 years, that board has sat in our garage relatively untouched. I think another surfer in my family's nicked the leg rope because it never got used. Even though in the moment that surfboard was my dream gift, it sort of got forgotten about. I got over it a little bit. You know, I believe in the gift of time. And I believe in giving in a meaningful way that shows people how we value them. And that's important, I think. But the reality is, all material things fade. Our time, even, is never quite enough. See, at Christmas time, what we should be responding to is the generosity of God, who sent his son as an unconditional gift for each and every one of us. And the only right response for us receiving that gift is worship. And that's our third point this morning. We need to be people who give the gift of worship. Verse 11 tells us that overcome, these men kneeled and worshipped him. It was the only right response to what they knew. And if we really want to honour Jesus and ensure that he doesn't get lost in all the clutter of Christmas. We have to intentionally spend time connecting with him. We have to make sure that we not only spend quality time with our key relationships in our lives, but also with Jesus in prayer and in his word. See, we don't want to just be generous givers with our friends and family, but with Jesus as well. And so we have to make sure that we're giving gifts that truly honour him. And, you know, I hope amongst the chaos of the next couple of days, you make room in your life to worship Jesus. See, many of us don't feel like we have much to offer, much to give sometimes. What can we possibly give in return to this unbelievable gift that we've been given? We can all worship. We can all spend time with God. We can all worship him with the way that we live, the way that we interact with him day in, day out. Sometimes we just have to reignite our desire to do that. Because the thing is, when we give this gift of worship, we're inevitably changed. We become more like Christ the more we spend time with him, the more we bow before him. And the hope is that when we do that, when we're changed and transformed, that we pass on this incredible gift that we've been given. The hope is that as our lives are transformed by the love of Jesus, that we automatically pass it on to other people. The gift that never fades, that never changes, that never loses its significance. It's my prayer that the deepest desire of our hearts this Christmas 
is that we pass on the gift of a saviour to the broken and hurting people in our world. As we give our time, as we give our gifts, as we give our worship, may people see Jesus in us. See, I know for me that that way of living comes from bowing my heart, from being in the presence of Jesus, from spending time with him and worshipping him. And perhaps for some of us, uncluttering at this Christmas season just means reminding ourselves of this simple yet significant Christmas story and how it fits into God's bigger story. Maybe that would help give us some perspective because, you know, the wise men, they only knew what was promised. They only knew what was meant to come. But yet the Bible tells us that these wise men, they were overjoyed to see Jesus, to be in his presence. The message translation says that they could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They'd arrived at the right time. And I wonder, are you overjoyed to be in the presence of your saviour? Can you hardly contain yourself when you come to meet with Jesus? This is how these wise men were before they even understood the full picture. So it amazes me sometimes We know how incredible this gift is, and yet we still hesitate. Sometimes we still get lost in the chaos of Christmas, and we forget to stop and to bow and to worship the King. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. That's what we're going to make room for. We're going to spend some time, and I know that we've been doing this all meeting, but we're going to spend some time before we give in this season, before we get lost in the preparation of the next couple of days just to bow down and to worship the King. We're going to sing an old song this morning, but it's a good one. Here I am to worship, and it's this song that talks about the light of the world coming down into darkness, about the King who was exalted above every other name coming down to meet with us. That's the gift that we're receiving. What can we do in response to that? Well, I hope that these words get stuck in your head this week. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Let's not get lost in the next couple of days. Let's give of our time to the people that we love. Let's give gifts that that matter, that are important. But most of all, let's spend time giving the gift of worship honouring our God who so generously gave to us the gift of his son and thank him that we get to see, unlike those wise men, the full picture of God's story unfold in our world, in our lives. I wonder if this morning you would stand with me as I pray and we're going to just spend some time in worship together. Let's stand. Lord God, we thank you for the incredible gift that you have given each one of us. And we just pray that over these coming days that we would take the time to reflect on that, to worship you, to honour you, to bow down before you because of all that you have done for us. Help us to give our time to people in our world this season. 
Help us to give in ways that show value and honour to the people around us. And Lord God, help us to come before you with all that we are and worship you with everything that we have this morning and tomorrow and on Christmas Day, Lord God. I just pray that you would continue to transform our hearts, continue to make us more and more like you and continue to help us to show that love, to share that gift with everyone around us in our world. Let's sing together.